atheist, I am humanist, I think that you're naive. You have no proof to offer as truth, you simply say I believe. New age bubbles get you in trouble, lost in a feel-good fluff. Though understanding is quite demanding, praying is not enough. Totally unprepared are you to make a case that's plain. Maybe those pagan chants and drums have ruined your poor brain. You need someone shorter and wiser telling you what to do. You are theist. I am human, I will see for you. I am theist, you are humanist, you're locked inside your head. You're existential, self-referential, claiming that God is dead. She is. Axum's razor, Pascal's wager, soulless tautology. Wisdom traditions, not erudition, make much more sense to me. Totally unprepared are you to let go of your mind. How about a leap of faith, my friend? You might like what you when you find that you're out of answers, you won't know what to do. I am theist, you are humanist, I will pray for you. We cannot agree on anything, each has a point of view. I am human, that's why we Sure, you can write a sermon around a song. Why not? year I've been getting some mileage out of saying that I'm a metaphorical theist, religious humanist, neo-pagan UU. I figured that about covers the waterfront. A metaphorical theist, religious humanist, neo-pagan UU. What started out as a little seminary humor, we must have our little jokes, has deepened into a kind of categorical truth for me. Theology may be understood as the stories we tell ourselves about the relationship and interaction of the myst- with the mysteries of life and how we understand our place in the cosmos. We may combine reason and poetry, science and music to both explore and explain that which we can grasp and that which we can sense only on the fringes of our consciousness. It's not just that we don't know what we don't know. It's that the sum total of all we know, including the new discoveries made this very day, add up to something that is beyond 
our capacity to conceive. We cannot hold it all in our gigantic human brain. So I begin with the acknowledgement of mystery, which includes what we know and what we don't. Metaphysicist Ken Wilbur describes reality as a series of holons, holon, which may be described as nested dolls. The largest doll, the one that encompasses all the other, might be called God or ultimate reality. The nature of the holon is that everything is related to everything else. Picture those nested dolls, everything is related to everything else. We are intimately and ultimately connected to both our cellular nature and our cosmic nature. Drawing on Wilbur, evolutionary evangelist, get this, evolutionary evangelist, Reverend Michael Dowd suggests that in the sequence of universal development, humans are the universe aware of itself. If our presence in evolutionary history is just a blip here toward the end in the present moment, it begs the question, what was the nature of God before humans were around to conceive of God's nature? On the one hand, I'm quite sure that God is what we humans say God is what we have said throughout recorded history. Humans, the world over and throughout time, have expressed their longing to desire, their longing and desire to connect with that which is larger than themselves. Reverence seems to be a part of our DNA. Indeed, genetic scientists have mapped what they call the God gene. It is engaged. It lights up when some people have mystical experiences. On the other hand, there's this sense that that which is beyond us, is it indeed divine? Is it indeed worthy of reverence? What was the nature of ultimate reality before we came along to harness it, tame it into belief systems that we can fit into our brains? can understand the mystery as transcending human thought. Somehow, I can't allow God that same transcendence. Hard as I try, as much as I have read, I can't get past the notion of God as a being, of human conceived and human born, while mystery lies beyond the reach of such calculations. Maybe it's only semantics. But words and ideas and art are what we have to articulate our place in the cosmos. Perhaps it's, it's the attribution, attribution of what divine means, what is worthy of our reverence. I think the answer to that question is where we begin to get up and move around the room into our places. Now, where my metaphorical theism really sings, where I really begin to answer the question of how do I understand God, is this has been 
within the commitment of the women's ritual circle. In honoring the cycle of the seasons and the cycles of our lives, we explore the metaphor of the divine as the goddess that is both imminent and transcendence. Transcendent in everything and beyond all. Both imminent within everything and transcendent beyond all. It's a metaphor there that I can get a hold of. I understand that each sister in the circle bears the face of the goddess, and therefore so do I. I learn that I am all the stages of my life, maiden, mother, priestess, crone. I embrace the inevitability of change. These sisters and I learn to listen to the ancestors' breath, to honor the wisdom of the crone and the babe, to be present to our lives. Here's where my metaphorical theism gets its most hopeful expression, and I delight in having a place where I don't need to explain, especially to myself, my reverence for the divine. This year, Mike and I had the rare privilege of viewing the fossilized remains of Lucy, the 3.5 million-year-old hominid Australopithecine afarensis. You remember Lucy? Did you know that Lucy got her name from Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? The day they made the discovery, they were having a huge party in the camp there in the Olduvai Gorge, and it was a top It was the hit of the day, and it kept playing on the radio over and over. That's why she's Lucy. She was only about three and a half feet tall, probably 25 years old when she died. She had a small brain, and she walked upright. This is Lucy's claim to fame. She taught us that we walked upright before we developed a large brain. If you can walk upright you can carry your offspring for a longer period, and they have the opportunity to develop this great big old honkin' brain we have. What was striking to me about the display was the diorama that surrounded her skeleton. We saw artist renderings of a number of hominids in various positions of nurturing and aggression. Being in Lucy's presence with her family photos arrayed on the wall around her was such a contrast from the fall story in Genesis that I had been studying in seminary, the origin of human depravity and sin. It was sort of a duh moment for me. Of course, as we understand human evolution, We know that there's no place from which we ever fell. We have risen up from lesser to greater complexity through both physical and social evolution. There was never a state of purity or perfection from which to fall. Now, the fall story, the creation story and the fall story was never meant to be read as history or science but as liturgy. Perhaps it's through the psychodrama of that fall story that the ancient writers were 
reaching backward to less complexity, some kind of mythical good old days. But it was never less complex for the beings who were contemporary with that change. Herein lies my religious humanism. We make the meaning that is there to be made. We are the ones we've been waiting for. And we are ethically bound, not by revealed religion, but by our very humanity, to serve the common good. In the words of UU Minister Griswold Williams, love is the doctrine of this church. The quest for truth, its sacrament and service, is its prayer. To dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge in freedom, to serve human need, to the end that all souls shall grow in harmony with the divine. Thus do we covenant with each other and with God. Without creed or baptism required here, our boundaries are very porous, almost non-existent, you might say. These words of Williams, though, give us structure to who we are when we come together, to the welcome required of the entire human family. At its best, our community calls us to account to each other and to our best selves, to render service and to celebrate the glorious messiness of what it means to be human. This church cannot be separated from the larger community. It, too, is a holon, one of the nested dolls, intimately and ultimately connected both to its cellular parts, its members, and to the larger community and the larger world. The challenge of the church is to make it relevant both up and down the chain of relationship. How does it matter in the lives of its community, in the lives of its members, and how does it matter in the life of the larger community? It feels good to belong in a place where we have similar values, But the deeper question is how effectively it calls each of us to care for our companions, to live lives of integrity, service, and joy. How I understand God is intimately connected to this church community. I came here seeking and searching to make connections, and I have made them. I have found them here. Here I have heard the call to ministry, and you have lifted me up from the pew. You have given me every opportunity to explore leadership, both practical and spiritual. You are a teaching congregation. You have put your stamp on me and molded me into the minister that I will become. And now it's time for me to leave to go somewhere else and learn how we practice this faith we call Unitarian Universalism. I'll come back after a year's time, but it won't really be the same. I won't be long in quite the same way that I have these last 11 years. 
I take with me your love and your blessings. And I leave with you, well, I'm leaving my daughter. (laughs) She's going, Fia will continue to attend Ari and church here. I leave with you a piece of my heart. This is how I understand God. An eternal spiral dance of going out and coming in, making meaning and music with each other, forming and reforming community, touching and changing and growing in gratitude and patience and humility and joy. Blessed be and amen.